My name is Brian Schubring. My name is Linda Schubring. And I'm Nathan Freeberg. And oh, you that? are listening. <laughs> my name is Brian Schubring. My name is Linda Schubring. Okay, no, let's try this. Okay. You always got to do it better. Hello, my name is Nathan Freeberg. Hello, my name is Brian Schubring. <laughs> My name is Linda Schubring. And you are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast. Today in the podcast, we are continuing with our Domains of Strength series. Today, we're talking about the thinking domain. So keep listening. Keep thinking. And thinking. You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Brian, Linda, welcome back. Thank you. I feel welcome. Thank you. It seems like it's been forever since we recorded. We recorded five minutes ago. Oh, that's right. But (laughs) it's been been an in... You have to say, like, next week. Internet. Internet life. It's It's been a full week. Lots this happened is, in last week. Oh, so much has happened. Brian went upstairs. <laughs> the colors some, are turning on the trees. Some water. Um, no. We are thinking today. Uh, we don't do that often. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Freeberg. <laughs> uh, today is the thinking domain, the ones that keep us all focused on what could be. But before we get into that, I want to back up a little bit and just, uh, Brian, Linda, if one of you could talk about why are we doing a series around the domains of strength? Why is this important? What does this tell us or what can this tell us or teach us about a team, about a team's culture, etc.? We did a whole 30, 40 minute episode about this, which you should definitely listen or go back and listen to because we unpack a lot of this. But Brian, in a nutshell, what are we doing here? The importance of us having these conversations about domains and the dominant domains of, of a team is to once again focus our attention and elevate the discussion on the importance of discussing team culture. A healthy team culture is extremely effective in aligning people around their common purpose. But it's also important for us to ask ourselves, what are some of the challenges that a team culture can face? So today we're going to be talking about the dominant domains of a team. This conversation is going to be about the thinking themes. The thinking themes. And as I said, these are like who keeps us focused on what could be. These are the thinkers. These are the people who do a bunch of stuff. Uh, Linda, do you have any better description than <laughs> I do? A bunch it's of an stuff? it's a thank you. It's an applied thought process. So people in this domain, we can notice how they're keeping us focused on what could be. Because why? They're wondering into it. They're thinking about it. We often find that that teams that have this as a dominant domain, have thinking as a dominant domain, are constantly absorbing and analyzing information. They're rolling it around. They are wondering. They're wondering to themselves. They are wondering to to their to teammates or anyone who will <laughs> listen, loved ones and, and even children, right? Uh, they help in that they help teams make better decisions. It's it's not necessarily they're slowing people down, but rather have have we thought through this? Have we looked at it from this angle? And what we find is that that teams that really think well, they're able to make better decisions, sometimes faster decisions. And teams with with this these strengths, they also stretch our thinking. They stretch our thinking, they they give us a future lean, they help us imagine what could be, and 
And it's an applied thought process that we're really seeking to mm-hmm. detect. That's right. And so the themes in this domain, themes of strength are analytical, context, futuristic ideation, input, intellection, learner, and strategic. So if we're working with a group, we would say if you have those, any of those themes, stand up, look around the room, talk about it, blah, 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 blah. What, um, fill in the blah, 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 blah. Like what, what would some of the questions that we would initially be asking to a group, to a team, to kind of make sense of this, this domain? When we are working with a team that has a dominant domain of the thinking strengths, one of the things that we are very attentive to is the level of critical thinking that this team is engaged in. That's important for us to know because sometimes a, a team with a lot of thinking themes, they can be thinking about a lot of things on multiple levels. And a lot of times they have a very strong critical thinking ability. And what we want to discover is how critical are they? Do they move from one thing to another pretty quickly because they have a strong alignment on their thought process? Or are they thinking deeply and this thought process goes relatively slow? And so when we approach a team like that, that's one of the things that we're really, really aware of is the nature of their critical thinking. Well, I was just going to say something that I thought we did a good, like in the last episode, you said we wouldn't actually lead them to say, wow, you're dominant in thinking. (laughs) Tell us about that. How, what's a better way to do that, Linda? Yeah. Another, a better way I think is, okay, uh, what kind of questions do you have when you consider, you know, what, you know, what next product you're going to sell or what next thing you're going to do or, you know, how do you, how do you think about things? So what questions do you have about, you know, fill in the blank? About thinking. Yeah. And I love how, what Brian, what you said, and then Linda, what you just said, and with any of these domains, really any of the work that we do with strengths, we don't want to label people automatically. We, it's, it's helpful to have them sort of arrive at some of these conclusions on their own. So they don't have all these presuppositions built, uh, built before they really understand what they're talking about. Right. 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 You know, if we go, if we take it a step closer, we put it down the funnel from domain to strength, it's understanding. Do we ask questions about this, this preponderance of learner on this team? Maybe there's a preponderance of analytical on this team. And so they're, they're asking for certain data points or, or if, if it's futuristic, what does it look like to have that future lean and people are being drawn there or that that thought process that's quick and decisive, like the strength of strategic. And so sometimes we'll use cues from the actual strengths to roll back up to, okay, then what does this mean for this dominant domain of thinking that is actually the neighborhood that you all live in and and the components that you actually value, which is thinking things through and wondering how you are applying th- that, what you're thinking. Because that's what you've used is that metaphor of these domains are like a neighborhood. You wander in, uh, you, you may know some things generally speaking, okay, this this neighborhood is by the river, this neighborhood is way over there, like whatever it is. And so you know some general things and you can't apply those things universally. So then you, you wander in and you ask some of the questions like we're talking about. 
And some of those questions like what questions do you have or what data is important to you, you will start to bump into even though it looks like on paper and it looks like by the, you know, the, the, the hands raised in the room that thinking domain is the dominant domain, we start to realize their questions are leading us to a different domain. They're leading us to, oh, it's about getting work done. They're thinking quick to get work done. So that's actually the the dominant domain. Sure. So when we're working with a team that has dominant thinking strengths, uh, there are three things that we are very mindful of in working with this team, because we know that these three areas are common with thinkers, but when it comes to a dominant domain, what is this like on the team? And here are the three things that, that we're looking for. We're looking for attitude, alignment and actionability attitude alignment and actionability so what I like do i mean that. by that yeah what do you mean by that Great that's good question, brian Nathan. that's good brian um by attitude now i want to be careful with how i say this because it may what's well, going to sound great actually um by attitude <laughs> got, i mean this is gonna sound the best ever that's my attitude yeah, but what's their intellectual <laughs> attitude sure because sometimes when you have dominant thinking strengths um, they, they can sound like maybe they know it all. There's like an elitist, like, oh, I've already thought about that. Arrogance, or, to use another know, A word. They could be that. Um, but they could also be very, very curious. Um, and they could have this attitude of like learner teacher. So they have a very open mindedness to them. They want to share their knowledge. So what is that? that attitude. Secondly is alignment. When you have a lot of critical thinkers um, on your team, sometimes alignment can be a challenge because everyone is thinking about what their critical mind is attending to, and it's difficult to align them on one purpose. So alignment, we also want to pay attention to that. And the third is actionability. There's some teams that we've worked with, high thinking strengths or a a lot of them, and what they're thinking about is very actionable. Um, it's it's detailed, it's step-by-step, um, but there are other teams we work with where the actionability of what they're thinking about is pretty out of touch, and so it can be very distracting. And here's an, an example. One of the strongest teams that we've ever worked with, and this is a team of 14. Um, they're a senior executive team led by a chief executive officer and 13 of the 14 members of this team had two or more thinking strengths in their profile, but the chief executive officer didn't have any. And so what did that do to the team is that when this chief executive officer spoke, his voice was the aligning voice that caused everyone else to be thinking on the same thing. So he had dominant influencing strengths. So it was really interesting to watch what happens when critical thinkers are aligned. They can get a lot of stuff done um, or they can get a broad amount done. But alignment is really, really important for us to ask when you have a strong, strong thinking team. Yeah. And I, it's interesting, you know, context and futuristic are two of the themes in this domain. And those kind of look like opposites. One's looking forward, one is looking back, one is thinking about the future, one is thinking about the past. And I have seen personally with someone that I worked with once, and until we realized how we were thinking and how we were approaching the work, it was like, why is this person always seemingly thinking opposite? Than I am. And once we aligned on that, to your point, Brian, it was like, oh, this is just, we're going to make better decisions because we're both looking, you know, in different directions. And how do we then bring that to a central point, right? 
which is funny that you bring up those two themes of strength because they'll say, oh, that those are opposite. We've actually seen context and futuristic in the same profile. top five profile. Yeah. And the more that we talked to this gentleman, he was in marketing and he was shaping the marketing campaign. <laughs> and we started to describe his strengths and his team was cracking up around him. His teammates were, were cracking up. And he said, uh, well, the marketing campaign for next year is looking back to look forward. I was like, you have just described your strengths as well as... I'm glad it wasn't you, looking yeah, forward to go back we, to <laughs> ...at what you value. And I thought it was beautiful. So, so it isn't maybe an either or, but we're detecting different components that can help make your dominant domain as a team be more life-giving to others, be more helpful to help people align to something that's bigger than them, that's better than them. And and that part is that part is fulfilling for us. So a couple of things I'm thinking of here is if if you're working with a team that has dominant thinking strengths, how is it that, that you engage them? Um, and there are three things I just want to bring up here is number one, a lot of these strengths, again, not to make it overgeneralization, but a lot of these strengths are intuitive. Um, you can't really see them. Um, it's happening in someone's mind, and you won't know how action, a- actionable this person is because it's an intuitive action. And so pay attention to that. Secondly, because of what I just said, they're intuitive. The second thing to think about is how do you invite everyone into the conversation. How do you ask questions of people that you know are dominant in thinking? Because I can guarantee you they're thinking about what you're saying and what's going on around them, but how do you invite them into the conversation? And third, this is what I think is really important because you want to invite these critical thinkers to be proactive as well. How do you include what they're thinking in your action, in your building of relationships, in your influencing, because the more you include the critical thinkers in your process, the more you're going to get from them, the more engagement, the more buy-in, because they feel, hey, my thinking is actually helping the forming. So for whatever the topic is, it is, well, what do you think about that? Or do you have thoughts on that? What part resonates with you and letting them speak? Because yes, it's you know, people in this category or teams that we find that are in this domain, there could be quite a few introverts it, that that it, that isn't thinking equals introvert. That's not at all. But oftentimes, if people are in their head, you're not necessarily having the same examples or same tells as extroverts. Extroverts are just sharing what they're thinking. They're they're thinking out loud with everybody else. Then you, you know, know how to track. Sometimes it is a well-architected question that allows the introvert to speak, to share what they're thinking. Sometimes I'll have to say, please inform your face that you're excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, but I'm just, that's my thinking face. I'm just thinking. And, right, yeah. right. So, so even with that, it's we have to detect by what we solicit, what we ask people to extrovert. And like we've been saying in other domain conversations is please be mindful of the bias, boundaries, and blind spots of the thinking themes, the bias, the boundaries, and the blind spots. Because as we discussed before, 
there is a bias to teams that are dominant in the thinking domain. And, and that is that well thought through ideas are, are the best ideas. And they tend to not trust things that are just kind of spur of the, of the moment. Uh, boundaries. Uh, one of the things I, th- I think about boundaries is we often think about that in a negative sense. But what I have learned um, in working with teams with a lot of thinking strengths is, is this. As leaders, I'm going to ask you to um, actually help in creating boundaries so the critical thinkers have the time and the space and the place for energy to actually do what they're good at doing, and that is to think critically. Because oftentimes in a fast-moving environment, a lot of change, there aren't the correct boundaries for critical thinkers to actually do what they do best. And the last one is with thinking is also just be aware of potential blind spots of you know how it is that they take care of themselves where they get their energy and how they can take breaks and sometimes their minds are always on and they're never quote unquote off how do you help them with that blind spot if you think about the adage you know working on the business instead of in the business the in the business is sometimes the executing domain <laughs> and working on the business is the thinking domain That's and right. and there's this sense of how do we cultivate more of that and then when is it when do you stop working on the business and get back to working in the business so you can keep the business alive. Right. <laughs> so, find, find balance. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's one of the ways that, that we begin to wonder and stay curious with a team as we're detecting what their dominant domain mm-hmm. is. Something I just want to remind the listener about is that we are obviously talking about the thinking domain, but if uh, we are working with a client, uh, working with a team, we would this would be, you know, part whatever of four or five things that we're talking about. And so... Um, you know, you can't just extract this one domain and forget about the others because there is so much interconnectivity. I'm, I'm curious to maybe close this out here is what happens if you encounter a team, perhaps it's a smaller team that they don't, they have very few thinking themes. There's just maybe just a handful of those. Does that mean that that team needs to go out and hire someone that's got a bunch of these to balance it out? <laughs> Does that mean that they should just change their business model to not have to think anymore? <laughs> these are sarcasm. I'm laying on pretty thick here. But what? Uh, well, here's, how, how would might you advise? Yeah. yeah. Because here's the deal. No matter what themes of strength that you have, all humans think. There is an applied thought process. But there is a sense of no matter what strengths you have, it's detecting how this group, how this team thinks. How do they how do they think? And maybe they think in action or they think in with people first and then then ideas. So it's not hiring like, oh, we need to have more thinkers join us because we're stupid. You know, that's not it at all. It is it is understanding that as you have people that are willing to voice questions and ideas and poke holes in in old ways of thinking, it is then that you can open up and understand how this group can apply their thinking to maybe make better decisions, to uh, push towards a greater future, to get work done, you know, smarter or or more productively. Yeah, absolutely. To follow up with what Linda said, you're asking people, how do you think things through? When you have to make a big decision, what are you thinking? What are the, are the elements in your thought process? Because we have found by asking that question, everyone has an answer. They may think things through when they talk with their best friend. They may think things through when they go read or research something. Um, they may think things through on an emotional level, but they're doing that, that thought process. And what we want to do is we want to expand 
the critical thinking to apply to everybody by asking a how question, not a strengths-based thinking domain question. That's good. good. Well, and I I think (laughs) that brings us back to how we started this podcast is with the question of how does your team think, focus on what could be all of that stuff. So, Because remember, we are talking about team culture. And when your team culture is primarily composed of critical thinkers, the assumption is you can think things through. Yep, but you can still relate strongly. You can still get a lot of stuff done. You can still have great influence. But some of the keys are, how is it that we can maintain that alignment, have an attitude of openness, and make sure that what we're thinking about is being steered so that it is actionable and applicable to the most amount of people. Brian Linda, thank you so much for chatting. Oh, thank you. And next week, we're going to be moving on to the influencing domain. And if you're joining us mid-series here, go back and listen to the executing domain that we did last week or the kind of framing conversation from the week before. And thank you listeners for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you want to ask us a follow-up question on anything you heard in this podcast episode or any of our other work, or just want to bounce some ideas off of how to create a a stronger culture on your team, send us an email to connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com, and we would love to chat. I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Linda Schubring. I always go last. Brian Schubring. (laughs) And on behalf of our entire team, thanks thanks for listening. listening. Because leaders, the boss goes last. Uh, leaders leaders no, eat last. Then I should eat it. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Then I should go last. <laughs> <laughs>